Well, hello and welcome to a special episode of the Precision Shooting Podcast. This is a pre-inaugural PRS uh, podcast, which is pretty much going to be a stack of information. Uh, with me is Greg. How are you, Greg? G'day, Russ. How you doing, mate? Yeah, very good, mate. And uh, Greg from Precision Rifle Series has joined me, and we're going to go through a bunch of stuff for those guys, particularly who are shooting this first match, but also um, perhaps for those guys who are thinking about either shooting another match or didn't quite make it to this one. Maybe useful uh, some information so you know what to expect in future. So let's um let's break down some of the details, uh, Greg. Let's start at the top. When is it? Right, so um, we're coming pretty close to it now. A um, couple of weeks out. It's the 2nd to the 4th of June. Yep. yep. And we're so, up in uh, Mildura, just outside of Mildura. Yes, yeah, I believe it's about 15, 16 k's outside of Mildura. Yeah, it's not far out, um, and I guess we'll get into that a little bit later as we talk about accommodation, other options and such, um, and that's at the, uh, what range is that called? That's a double S, yeah, it's a double S, double A uh, rifle range. Yep, yeah. Um, there's, a few, there's a few different pistol ranges around there, but uh, I believe there's only one rifle range. Okay, yeah, cool. All right, excellent, and so um, we haven't... Have we got an address for that one? It's off of Magnum Road, isn't it? Yeah, I don't have a... I wish I had a confirmed address, um, but I do know that it is off Magnum Road. Uh, Magnum Avenue, uh, sorry, Magnum Avenue. Magnum Avenue, there we go. Um, so, it, it, it look, we will post it up there. It's not hard to find. Um, it is the only SSAA rifle range in Mildura, so... Um, you can't get stuck going to the wrong one. Yeah, just having a look here on Magnum Avenue, there is a pistol uh, range, um, yep. and then after that, you would uh, take the turn and uh, and Keep head going. down towards the uh, the rifle range. Okay, yeah, yep. very good. Yep. So it does look pretty easy to find, uh, yep. and as you said, about sixteen k's out of Mildura. Uh, yep. Excellent. And so, um, give us the proper name for this one. We've just been calling it the PRS shoot. Yeah, well, this is the Vortex Cold Steel Open. Yeah, excellent, mate. And um, and so, two. sorry. Two guesses as to why we call it the Cold Steel Open. <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be cold. Yeah, middle of Mil- yeah, middle of winter, in Mildura. Yeah, and uh, not that many guys are running carbon carbon fiber barrels yet. <laughs> yeah. That's that's my guesses. So, um, yeah. um, a little bit of an overview of of what's happening, uh, mate. Is how many stages are the guys shooting over the weekend? Yeah, fifteen stages is what we've got proposed at this stage. Um, spread over. Yeah, you, know, you know, we'll probably it, it subject to change, but probably ten stages on the Saturday and five stages on the Sunday. Yep, and mm-hmm. um, and the Friday then. So you said the second, the Friday is practice day. Yeah, correct. So the Friday practice will start uh, about we'll say twelve p.m. Yep. Um, so practice will be open. The range will be open for practice after twelve p.m. Now, practice being the hundred meter range will be open. Okay, the okay. the full six hundred meter range will not be open, as you can imagine. There'll be um, stages set up, and everything will be sort of there to go. Um, so competitors will have a chance to zero their rifle at hundred meters, but they won't have a chance to, to check data at six hundred meters. Okay, so that's pretty important. I've had a few questions about that, um, and yeah, just just based on the proximity of the um, stages, and you know, it's really. Uh, really tough to sort of let people onto the 600 meter range without them, you know, sort of seeing what we've got in store for them. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so the stages. What's happening with that? There is secret, because or are they known? What's when do we find yeah. out? So the stages are going to be basically you'll get a match booklet. 
um, on the if you come and sign in on the Friday, um, you'll get a match booklet then. Or if you come early on the Saturday morning, you'll get your match booklet then. And that will have all the stages for the weekend outlined. But apart from that, everything will be a surprise up to that point. Oh, okay. Excellent. And so on the, um, on the Friday, you said from 12 o'clock, what time can guys get there from? No. Look, they, look, they can get there at any time on Friday. Um, they can, they're welcome to come and get there and set up their camp. Um, the range will be open from, I believe, eight a.m. Okay. Um, so they're they're more than welcome to come and set their camp up and and sort of get get ready before then. There'd just be no live fire practice. I say live fire because they can they can get out and do whatever they want. They've got some repairs or things they need to change on their rifle. That's fine, but just no live fire practice till after twelve. Two after 12. Okay, cool. And from 12 through to, what, five or something? Yeah, I'd say, look, that'll be closer to the date. We'll confirm that. It might be four or five. But, yeah, it, it's definitely not going to be later than five, and it probably won't be earlier than four. So I'd say four or five will be safe. Excellent, mate. I am going to come back to um, some looking at some advice uh, on what we do on that practice day, but we'll come back to that shortly. Um, yep. So uh, have you got a round count? I oh, know that question has been asked. It was put up uh, yep. in re- relation to this. Yep. Um, the safe number here is going to be 150 minimum. Okay. But I would like, I would say to people to bring 200 rounds. Okay. okay? It's not going to, you're not going to need more than 200 rounds. Okay. But there are, there is a little element of unknown. Um, I'm not giving too much away by that, but there's a little element of unknown with some stages might be unlimited base stages. Uh, sure, but, sure. Within, but within reason, 200 rounds will be more than enough for the event for um, some zeroing and then to shoot the event. Yeah, okay, because often with this sort of thing, there'll be stages that are unlimited round count, so it is hard from a, a MD point of view to, to put a, a, an actual number on it, so you you generally will bump your numbers up a little bit to uh, make sure guys don't run out. So 200 is going to be really comfortable. 150 is probably okay. but Probably. Mm, 150 might be tight, but yeah, tight, I yep, mean, yep. yeah, but I, I, I would absolutely recommend that 150 was the minimum you came with. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so don't go with yeah. this. And hey, look, at the end of the day, if you bring 200 and you go home with 70, well, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's exactly. another 70 to have a crack with. So That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, always better to sort of get a few more a uh, few more there. So the yeah. um, now you mentioned there that guys can get there early on the Friday if they want to set up camp or whatever mm-hmm. point they do. Tell us about the camping on site. We've got some really great facilities there. Um, there's... There's plenty of space up the uh, up the end of the range there where we can set up a camp. We'll have it all sort of pegged out so that people know where they can park and they'll have a bit of space between them. Uh, just just to clarify, you don't mean at the yeah. end of the range? You mean? <laughs> yeah, no, no, not not at the 600 meter <laughs> okay, okay. range. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, behind yeah. the backstop there, would be perfect. No, just behind the just behind <laughs> the backstop there. We'll use your car as a bit of zero practice. Yeah. So. No, yeah, so no. you mean yeah, up up in the from the uh, yeah. behind the firing position, um, yeah, yeah, and correct. to the if I'm I'm looking at the the range here on on Google Maps and we're talking like far east uh, of correct. the uh, of the firing positions. That's yeah, correct. cool. Yep. So there does look like there's quite a large area there. Yeah, yeah, it's quite quite a good space up there for people to set up camp. There's no we we're not offering powered sites. Um, so guys, some guys have asked me about um, is there power available? Um, no, there is not power available. Okay. Yes, there will be power in the club rooms and things like that. But obviously, um, people that want to be running their fridges and things like that, you're going to have to come set up to do that on your own. Gotcha. Whether that be, but whether that be with a generator or you know a battery system, um, either way, but come um, fully self-sufficient. Um, 
but there will be showers provided. Um, there's already a shower block and amenities block on on the actual range there, but we're going to add a few more showers and toilets just to, to handle the extra bodies. Okay, yep. Um, so there'll be no problem with that. We'll provide showers. Um, the actual uh, the actual mess area there where we eat, um, great area in there, great spot. We're going to sort of have all the food set up in there, um, and it's all undercover. So, if, you know, we're doing Jewish and weather. Um, it's... Uh, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty good there. Yeah, brilliant, mate. And and so if guys are not uh, either into their camping or perhaps don't have, you know, they're flying in, they don't have the facilities to camp, um, yep. just have a look at some accommodation. Obviously, it's, it's as you said, about 16Ks out of Mildura. Um, and I imagine there's no end of places to uh, to be able to stay there. And it would be obviously 20-minute drive down to the range um, yeah, in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. And I'm, I'm just having a – sorry? No, you're right. Yep. I'm just having a little look here as well. Um, uh, Redcliffs, which is a smaller little uh, town, um, yep. sort of on the edge or just out of Mildura, is only about eight k's away. So that might even be okay. a, a quicker option there uh, in yep. Redcliffs. And there is accommodation there. I don't know if it's available. I'm not a bloody. Uh, I'm not uh, advertising for uh, places to stay. <laughs> I've just had a little quick Google, and there is places that uh, that you can. Um, obviously, even a little bit closer. Um, yeah. 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 So you're not yeah, we, you're not we, far away. Yeah, we looked at we, we considered the fact of um, that you know trying to sort of partner up with uh, some local accommodation, and we may do that in the future. Um, but for this event, we just thought we'll leave it up to everyone to fend for themselves. Um, we are, as I said, we are sort of setting the range up to provide camping. Um, but yeah, anyone who's you can just make some phone calls and see what's available around there. But it is quite handy for uh, you know to get to the range in the morning, so you're not too far out. Yeah, sweet. Excellent. So, um, yeah, whether you're camping or whether you're uh, you're staying off site, no doubt there'll be uh, plenty of shooters around. Um, oh. Now we got uh, forty eight shooters. Is that right or thereabouts? Yeah, thereabouts. Um, yeah, we've got um, one gentleman that um, you know when someone said to him, you know, go break a leg, um, <laughs> they 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 generally mean um, you know figure of speech. Yeah, figure of speech. You know, That's right, um, crispy. Don't, don't uh, actually go and break your leg. So. <laughs> So George might be uh, might not be in there, um, but there are people on the waiting list to take his spot. Cool. So, um, but we do hope hopefully hope he can make a recovery and sort of you know get along. So yeah, brilliant, mate. So that we basically got a full roster um, in terms of shooters. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, sweet. What are we going to bring? Like you know, if someone's getting ready to come, we're going to assume that they know what they're doing with the camping side of things. Yeah. Um, yes. And, yep. But in terms of food, in terms of other sort of bits and pieces, not necessarily shooting equipment. We'll get onto that shortly, no doubt. But yep. in terms of any additionals, what do we need to bring along? Yeah. So food-wise, um, we're providing we're providing um, Sunday night. Uh, sorry, Saturday night dinner. Yep. And Sunday lunch. Okay. Cool. Okay. Um, so as you can imagine, Saturday is going to be a full-on day. Yeah. Um, so you're going to want to bring your own breakfast. Um, bring your own breakfast get yourself sorted and then as for meals during the like you know lunchtime during the day whatever you can fit in your pack and you can snack on in between stages we will not be stopping for lunch okay um okay so it's just we're going to run through um so you'll obviously get a chance to to snack in between you know while you're not shooting um but we will not be stopping and we will not be leaving the firing range so there's no opportunity to run back to your camp um and grab a snack whatever you bring with you is what you can have Gotcha. So make sure you're packing your lunch with you and uh, and you're ready to go. Um, yep. Yeah, nice. And so um, 
meals outside of that, of course, there won't actually be facilities on site to cook. If you want to cook, you bring your own gear. Is that the deal? Um, look, it, it's much simpler if you do that. There yep. are there are some um, some barbecues and stuff on there, but the we may need them for cooking, like when we're preparing the the, uh, the main meals, you know, the group meals. Um, so don't rely on that. Gotcha. Come self, it's just come self sufficient. Yeah. Okay? So, so if you're camping, please, bring everything as if you were going to be right. camping anywhere. Uh, and right. then of course, if you are if you are you know staying off site, um, you'll be places to grab food or whatever it is there. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. No, and, sweet, and, doesn't it? And yeah, and look, there's going to be water, so we can obviously provide water. So you don't obviously need to cart all your water, but just bring all your cooking and food needs. Gotcha. Excellent. All right. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, in terms of spectators, what if someone's yeah. wanted to come along and either you know watch their their mate shoot or just yeah. watch the event to get a bit of a feel for it? Yeah. What do they need to do? If there if there's anyone that is considering spectating. Um, you know, send us a message on Facebook and just give us a sort of heads up and, you know, let us know that you are intending to do that. Um, and that would probably give us a bit more of an idea. Yeah, um, particularly, think, particularly if you're going to plan to be there for any meals, it would probably help correct. with catering numbers, wouldn't it? Absolutely, yeah. And look, I think it's probably just safe again to say if there are any spectators, um, come prepared, um, bring your own food and come prepared. But, you know, within reason, um, if we had a few people outside of a pl our plan numbers, I think we could probably accommodate, but just not large, large influxes. Yeah, cool. So if you're going to spectate, make sure you give the guys a heads up on Facebook uh, or give them a call and just yep. sort of, you know, register your interest and uh, give them uh, so that way they can uh, make sure there's enough food for us all. Otherwise, yeah. uh, we might be testing out the local Mildura pizza bar, hey? <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, otherwise, if they're not in, if they're not planning on staying for meals, then there's no there's no need for you to give us a heads up. Cool. So yeah. it, it's only really if you're planning to stay for meals um, that that would impact upon us. Excellent. Sweet, mate. Um, all right. Now, is there anything else we need to cover on the general stuff, sort of where it is, how to stay there, how to get there? Um Anything on uh, that? Uh, look, I think, um, I mean, there are, there, there's a local airport. Um, I don't, it's not a high traffic airport, um, but they do run, I believe they run two flights per day um, and in and out. I could be wrong. That could be four flights. That could be two in, two out. Um, yep. So if people are driving, obviously there's, you know, there's no dramas there. You'll just um, follow your follow your directions. But if people are planning on flying, um, I think, you know, if you get in and just check the flights, um, which I'm sure people that have thought about that, they've already explored that option, but I believe there is only two flights in and two flights out. Um, but it is quite close to Mildura anyway, so. Yeah, it looks like the airport's pretty much uh, pretty much in Mildura. Yeah, yeah it's, it is. It's yeah. actually, yeah, probably a touch closer to the range. Yeah. yeah okay, not yeah. far out at all. Um, yeah. For those not familiar with Mildura, it's, uh, it's not tiny, is it? No, 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 it's not. No, it's definitely not. Um, it's it's not a sleepy little town. That's for certain. Yeah. So you know, if you there's, there's plenty of supermarkets and hungry jacks and all these bits and pieces, places to eat and everything. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just to give guys who have maybe never been there or familiar with the size of it, um, you know, if you uh, if you are flying in, they need to go pick up supplies. It's not hard to do. No. Yeah. It's definitely. Yeah. You've definitely got options. Um, and for those guys that are thinking about flying and are unsure about um, flying with firearms and things like that, um, it is actually quite a simple process if you do um, do the correct things. Um, I find in, in I found it easy to fly with Jetstar. Um, jet, now that doesn't mean that other airlines are not easy as well. But I I personally, if I'm flying with firearms, I'll fly with Qantas or Jetstar, um, yep. and I find them quite 
quite easy to deal with. Um, all you need to do is to pre-approve for your ammunition. Okay, so um, it's it's pretty simple. If you send a email to um, uh, dangerous goods at Qantas, um, that I believe that's dg at qantas.com.au. Yep. Um, it, just requesting a permit to fly with ammunition. They'll ask you for your firearms license, like you'll have to send them a copy of your firearms license, um, you know, all your particulars, and they'll send you back a, a approval which will allow you for the next 12 months to fly with ammunition. It is only the ammunition that you require a permit for. Okay, yeah, so right. you can actually fly with a firearm um, with no ammo without any pre-approval. It obviously will have to be in a hard case, locked. Well, I mean, it has to be in a lockable case, um, yep. and the ammunition must be separate to the case. Yep, um, of course. But apart from that, um, it's actually quite it's it's actually quite painless um, to fly with um, guns and ammo as long as you've done your pre your pre prep. Yeah, cool. So the the big thing is, uh, yeah, obviously, if you are flying in, just sort of jump on whoever it is you're flying with and let them yes. know and find out their process. But you're right. If from from everything I've found out, it's not a difficult process to do. You just jump through the process. That's it. That's right. And as I said, I can't. I'm not saying that it's hard with other airlines. I just personally can't speak for it. Um, I've only ever flown with firearms with Qantas and Jetstar. Yeah, nice. And, they, and, they're, and their dangerous goods operate under the same yeah under the same sort of banner. Excellent. So um, I've just been uh, taking a little tourist look over Mildura. Uh, there's a few McDonald's, there's a Bunnings, there's a uh, Good Guys. So just so you um, get a bit of a feel for how big the uh, the place is, it's uh, it's not tiny. Um, yep. Plenty of uh, plenty of services close by. Um, so moving on to, I guess it'd be cool to, to um, uh, talk about some of the requirements that uh, are going to be there in terms of. Uh, Guns and equipment, bits and pieces. What, what, um, have we got limitations and, and such for people who are not familiar familiar with these sort of uh, setups? Yeah, look, the only real limitation we have outside of the individual um, class separation limitations. Um, overall, there is a thirty two hundred feet per second velocity limit and thirty caliber. Okay, so you can't shoot anything over a thirty cal, and it can't be running faster than thirty two hundred feet per second. Okay, so. That's your overall limitations there. Obviously, as we've gone into great detail with the few videos we put up there, the production class and the open division are separated by, um, you know, there's a the uh, price price point and the production rifle only in the production class, and then open has no restrictions apart from those 3,200 feet per second and the uh, 30 caliber. Yeah, so I guess uh, for, for those people who are deciding, um, although we've probably talked about it a fair bit on the podcast anyway, um, but yeah, obviously a bit of a balance between a you know, nice big heavy gun that shoots really well versus the, the actual ability to move it and put it on barricades and bits and pieces. So it's yep. all, all a bit of a compromise, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And look, guys are going to get a feel for it. Um, yeah. Everyone's a little bit different. Um, I, I mean, I personally don't try to shave kilos off my gun. Um, you know, I'm, my competition gun weighs about 9.7 kilos, but I have no problem with that. Um, but some other people would prefer, you know, a lighter lighter rig. That's just something that's going to come down to preference. And if you haven't shot one of these competitions, you're not going to know. So just come along and, and you'll quickly work out, you know, what it is that you want. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think a lot of it comes down to preference. So, yeah. Um, now, is there any? Uh, now, you've done a couple of videos, which uh, I think guys should definitely watch. So we'll put them in our in our show notes. But also, um, sure. uh, one was uh, 
well, I guess one thing would be really good to, to go through is for a new shooter who, well, which is probably a huge amount of the guys shooting to this discipline, um, because it hasn't formally been done. Uh, I know, I guess the NT guys have done it formally, and there's been some unofficial matches around. But yep. you know, um, doing it sort of formally on a national level, what are they going to expect when they rock up? Um, right. So, I mean, first of all, if you get there on your Friday, um, you like regardless of what day you get there. First thing you're going to do, you're going to come over and you're going to sign in. Okay, you're going to sign in, get your credentials. Um, you know, you, we're, we're probably going to have a little. Um, basically like a little survey as to what equipment you're using and just, just to give us a bit of a background on, on what it is that you're, you're bringing. Yep. So whether that is the Friday or the Saturday, that'll be the first thing you do. Now, obviously, if you're there on the Friday, you, you're welcome to, um, if it's after 12, 12 p.m., you're welcome to go and practice, zero in. Um, we actually are going to set up a couple of barricades, just practice barricades on the 100-meter range. So Although you're not shooting them at distance, you're going to get a chance to be able to sort of play on a barricade if you've never done that. Some guys may have never done that. Um, so yep. you're going to get a little chance to either dry fire or practice on that um, just to get a feel for it. Um, but, yeah, regardless of whether you rock up, obviously there'll be no practice on the Saturday. Okay, so if you rock up on the Saturday, make sure that your rifle is zeroed, ready to go, because you will not have uh, – you won't have an opportunity to check that. Okay. Um, that's, yep. that's all open for Friday. Um, but we'll have a so Saturday morning we'll have a shooter's brief. Okay, we're going to go over some uh, some safety aspects with a few uh, you know with a few different stages, um, and then it'll be straight into business. So what time is that shooter's brief, Greg? Yeah, so shooter's brief is at seven thirty seven thirty a.m. on the um, Saturday. Yep, on the Saturday. Um, now, if you do do not make the shooter's brief, you will not be shooting for the weekend. Right. Uh, it's that it's that simple. Um, the shooters brief um, is there to 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 bring everyone as a group up to speed, yep. um, and and get everyone familiarised with the safety aspects of the course. Of course. Um, yep. And if you miss that, that's it. Um, you know, we can't be accommodating for people coming in and missing the brief. So if you do not make the brief, you do not shoot. Right. So best practice is to get there Friday night if you can. Uh, and and well and truly early on the Sunday if uh, if need uh, sorry on the Saturday don't get there on the Sunday don't make get sure there on the Sunday, the Saturday. You've missed a lot yeah no don't do that uh, make sure you get there on the Saturday early uh, early morning if uh, needs be so uh, that's, set that's set all the alarms and yep. uh, and make sure you're there on time that's it yeah so we've come up uh, we've we've done the shooter did Friday practice we've done the shooter brief what happens yep. from there mate what do, so once we've got the shooter's brief done um, and we anticipate that the brief and the safety talk and uh, all that should take no longer than an hour, um, but, you know, things can happen. But that means by 8.30, we should be on the range ready to go, um, ready to start ready to start the competition. Cool. And and is it uh, – uh, I mean, I'm going to ask a question that I know the answer to, but some people may not be familiar with. Um, sure. We're, you know, we're not all just lining up and then going for it. What's a, How does it actually look oh, like? True. Yeah, yeah. So look, basically, what will happen is we'll separate um, we'll separate the whole um, group of shooters into squads. Um, at yep. this stage, probably squads of six. Um, and what we will do is we'll try to pair. Um, we'll try to put production guys in with open guys. So I think at the moment we've got a nice little ratio of about three to one. Um, I believe I'd have to check that. Uh, about three to one in the way of uh, production are uh, open to to production. Cool. Um, so yep. so we'll essentially probably try and slip uh, at least two production guys in the group with the open guys. Now that is 
but really, basically, that's to just get those guys familiarised with what the guys at the uh, open level are doing. Okay, so if we just stuck all the production guys together, they would learn stuff, and by by nature, they're going to learn stuff just by osmosis. But we figure that um, if we put them with more experienced guys, they're going to get a good feel for the competition and what yeah, they can course. Yeah. Yeah, and certainly my experience with these comps, both uh, both here and and in the US, and I imagine yours will be similar. Greg, is that the uh, the sharing of knowledge? It's not sort of held really tightly, is it? No, very, yeah, and that's something that I really um, do love about the uh, the way the Americans do it, um, and we hope that we can sort of carry that through as well. Um, you know, you'll find guys that have just shot a stage. And I've, I've personally witnessed this. Um, you know, you'll have someone like a top five or top 10 competitor might just have shot a stage and may have found that his win call was a little bit off and he'll turn to the next guy who might be in the top 10 running as well. So he might be, you know, in contention for his spot and he'll go, mate, you know, 0.5 of a mil might be a little bit, not, not too, not enough wind, you know. And so, yep. you know, that, that just shows you, uh, you know, that guys – uh, yes, they're there to win and they're there to be, you know, competitive, but they're also there to help. And, you know, it's just – it is really good to see. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've seen it as well. I've seen it there and I've seen it here. And uh, yeah. and, and it's wonderful to see the guys sharing that information. It's, it's good to, to mix those guys up in the production and the open classes um, yeah. so we can we can sort of build on that knowledge and continue to grow. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent, mate. That's it. And so over the course of the day, we'll shoot a bunch of stages and the squads will rotate around between all the various stages. And yeah. uh, obviously at some point we will finish up. Um, now yep. on the on the Saturday, you're shooting, like is everyone shooting all the same stages on the Saturday and then Sunday's different? That's correct. That's yep. it. Okay, cool. So yep. by the end of Saturday, you've all shot the same stages? Yep. Yeah, sweet. And then yep. Saturday night, what are we, uh, That's that's one of the meals, isn't it? Saturday night, yeah. So we'll basically we, let's let's say that we hope to have all guns locked away by five pm. Um, yep. That will be that that will be our aim um, to have all guns locked away by five pm. At that point, alcohol is allowed to come out. Um, so people, you know, who've brought beer with them or whatever are, are welcome to have a beer. Obviously, um, I'm sure this goes without saying, but there is no alcohol, zero tolerance on alcohol while firearms are out. Sure. Um, yep. So, but yeah, after that, after we've got all guns locked away, I will obviously you know, give people the signal and, you know, then we'll right. be free to sort of have a couple of beers and have a chat and see how we all went for the day. Cool. And, and so is there going to be time there for guys who are staying off site, they'll be able to go back to their accommodation and, and maybe have a shower or whatever and then come back for dinner? We yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, just like normal, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to serve dinner at six o'clock. We'll probably wait till, um, you know, if, if we all finish at five, yep. we'll probably we'll probably wait to serve dinner around seven, seven thirty. Yeah, to, cool. Excellent. Specifically for that purpose, to give guys a bit of a chance to sort of finish up and get relax. ready. Yeah. Yeah, relax. That's cry right, you know, cry right. about what just happened. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't, we're not just, we're not going to, we're not going to rush you off the stage, um, you know, the last stage of the day. And then sit you down and try and feed you, and then get you out of there. We're, we're all going to try and relax and and uh, you know get a chance to absorb what happened for the day because it's going to be very fast paced. Yeah, no problem at all. Excellent, mate. And then obviously the Sunday we'll sort of do a thing, a shooters brief again on the Sunday morning. Yep, yep. yep. We'll run through. It'll be a much more condensed shooters brief. Gotcha. It won't need to be as in depth as the as the Saturday opening shooters brief. But once again, we'll, we'll, yep, we'll do a shooters brief and then get straight into the action. 
Yeah, sweet. And then uh, and then Sunday we finish up, and and what what time were you expecting to wrap up Hope, shooting? Yep, yep. Hopefully wrap up by about lunchtime, um, by twelve o'clock. Um, that'll then give us time to tally scores. While we're tallying scores, we'll basically get everybody, um, you know, everyone will get their stuff stuff packed up. Yep. We'll have lunch served and then after everyone's eaten lunch we'll basically spend that time to get all scores sorted and get everything ready to go yep. and then we'll have our presentations um Brilliant. and yeah so that's where everyone gets to find out the the good or bad news <laughs> yeah well the news isn't it yeah absolutely. that's the news that's correct the yep. news yeah sweet and um and, and then probably good yeah, sorry, no go. No, and then, and then what are we we done about sort of three o'clock or thereabouts? Yeah, yeah. So we're kind of hoping to try and have it all wrapped up by three or four o'clock to give guys um, a chance. The guys that are driving, if they're planning to try and get home for that Sunday night, um, you know, they've only got if they've got a four or five hour drive, we want them home by a reasonable time. So gotcha. And so the uh, is the option there to stay on the Sunday night on site as well. Absolutely, yep. it is okay. Um, cool. Yep. So they could yep. they could do that and then get up early on the Monday and yep. head themselves off. Absolutely, yeah. There's no worries about that. Guys that are camping at the range are more than welcome to stay till the Monday. Um, yeah, I'd I'd love to say they could stay longer if they wanted to, but I, I'm pretty sure Monday is the is the clear out day. Yeah, um, no, no, we got to get everything out, don't we? That's that's right. Um, <laughs> you know, there's other there's other clubs that have to come in and do their bit. So um, so yeah, we're more than welcome to stay there till Monday, but that that's it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Excellent. Um, yeah, um, I'd like to t- probably just touch a little bit on on the way that we're running presentations and stuff as well. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you about that because the big thing, uh, I mean, one of the big notes I know about this event is there is a lot of prizes. Um, we, you know, to have huge support from Vortex and a number of other companies, um, yeah. there's lots on the prize table. And I know that you and, well, you and I both sort of of the mind that, yes, you're the guys who have – you know, shot hard and done well deserve good prizes, but also Absolutely. often the guys that have done very well have the gear already, uh, and we certainly like to see some of that equipment end up in the hands of those that need it. That's right. Take yeah. us take us through your thoughts. Yeah, it's an interesting balance um, because exactly what you say, um, the, the the guys that do do the best, um, that do sort of come out on top, um, we are going to reward them, but we – what we don't want to do is we're not just going to do a uh, we're not going to do a conga line of you know first to thirtieth um, you know that just come up and pick a prize. I'm a little bit disappointed. There's no conga lines, mate. Yeah, I know the the the, the conga line would be excellent. Um, and we and <laughs> maybe we'll save that for the Saturday night. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. So, so you, what are you doing with the 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 top guys? Will still get some prizes? Yep. Yeah, so at, look, this don't hold me to it, but as a rough as a rough sort of guide as to how we're going to do it. Um, we'll probably give out our prizes for the first, second, and third in open in, in open class. Yep. Okay. Now, the way that I think I'm going to do um, production is we might have a little table separate um, that is only open to the production class, you know, for their position. So, for instance, let me clarify. So, if the first, second, and third guys in open come up, they may pick anything off the table that is not on this little um, section where the production guys can pick from. Okay, so you're basically okay. you're enforcing something, some good stuff to be left for the guys who are Correct. shooting production. Correct. Yeah, so, cool. so what? Yeah, so that's as I said. There's there's a great 
deal of prizes on the table. So guys that are shooting open, don't think that you're going to be left behind. Oh, no. Um, yeah. <laughs> Some there's, good there's, stuff. There's there. a lot of good prizes on the table. But what we want to do is we want to have a couple of key items that we think that are going to help that production level shooter possibly make the you know possibly make the jump into open or you know improve so there's going to be just a little section of prizes that are going to be left uh, there until the production guys have had their pick now on top of that we're also going to have a lot of um, random draws now I, I'm not going to specify as to what the random draws will be but we will distribute uh, distribute the prizes so that they they benefit more people than just um, the top runners, okay? Yeah, cool. Um, so, yeah, so we, as you said before, we really want to get the prizes into the people's hands that need them the most. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a good thing, but you, you want to reward it. Sounds like a good mix, mate. Sounds like yeah. a really good mix, and I do know that you're big on um, ROs also getting rewarded for their time and effort because they come away and they spend all the money and, and, and time and stuff, and they don't get to pull the trigger at all. Um, Absolutely, yeah. I, ne- I actually nearly forgot that. Um, but ROs and and RO, we're not going to be like vultures and have all the shooters pick the table clean and then leave a hat and a t-shirt for the for the ROs. We do a random RO draw. Is going to get a walk at the table after the top guys. So plenty of those guys who are ROing as well will walk away with the prizes um, and plenty of shooters as well. And it doesn't you don't have to come first or top production or top anything to actually get the chance to uh, walk that table and uh, grab something that could be very useful in your future competitions. Absolutely. And uh, like ROs too. I mean, because, you know, we've got a couple of ROs that are um, sort of ROing because they're not sure if they're up to the challenge of, um, you know, sort of shooting the competition, which I said to them is mental. They should just shoot it. But yeah. at the end of the day, you know, people need to see what it's all about and and they might not feel like they've got the gear um, to be competitive. So, you know, giving them the opportunity to sort of pick something up that they need is it's definitely what we're trying to aim for. We want to sort of build more shooters. So Yeah, yeah brilliant. Yeah. Excellent. So a um, couple of little things we want to get into. I don't want to take up too much more time, but a um, uh, little bit on practice day, um, recommendations for what to do with that time. Now, as you said, it's limited to 100 metres, yep. but there will be a few barricades sitting, uh, setting up. And yep. what? W- let me ask you this. what If you were shooting this comp, mate, what would you do um, from the time you got there? Let's say you registered, so you, you're about to hit the range. What would you do on your practice day? Okay, so first things first, if um, I would always check my 100 meter zero, yeah. um, even though even though you may have confirmed your zeros and that um, back home, if you travel, especially flying with a firearm, there's always, you know, even the best cases, there's always a chance that your gun could have been knocked around. Um, so you want to confirm that zero. So I'm going to get on the 100 meter range. I'm going to confirm that my 100 meter zero is good. You should have a fairly good idea of your dope before you come. Um, so you, you want to make sure if you've got the opportunity to try and, you know, sort of true your data. If you don't have that opportunity, it's not – all is not lost because it is only a 600-metre match. So as long as you've got a good idea of your muzzle velocity um, and uh, at a good 100-metre zero. Now, on expanding on that too, if you don't know your 100-metre uh, – sorry, if you don't know your muzzle velocity, we're going to have more than uh, – more at least one or two um, – uh, chronographs there, magneto yeah, speeds. speeds, yeah, yep. magneto speed chronographs there. Yep, so, I'll bring a couple up. Yep, so you know, come and see us and go. Hey, I just want to find out my my data, my velocities, and we'll let you we'll let you do that. And then you can use that data then to put into your ballistic calculator, and you'll have all your data for the match. Now, 
because it's only a 600 meter match if you've got a good zero and you've got a fairly good you know muzzle velocity which you will get off those magneto speeds you're going to be more than fine for that data okay so that would be where i would start if you so don't you, you, you take uh, you take a few shots at 100 confirm that up and then put some uh, some rounds over a magneto and sort of absolutely. confirm your data make sure it's sort of sitting about how it should be for you Yep, absolutely. Yep. So you, yeah, you first make sure that your your zero's on point. Okay. Make sure you're happy with your zero. Then confirm your velocity data. If you don't already know it, um, come and see us. We can help you out with that. Then after all that's done and you've got your you've got your drop chart sorted out and you've got your data, I would be then moving over to the barricades. And we're not just going to have one. We'll have a few barricades set up so so guys can practice. Um, we're going to set it up with um, some small targets at the 100 meter range now what that'll do is even if you're just dry firing you're more than welcome to live fire shoot um but if the if you want to just even dry fire you'll get the feel for what it is to look at the similar size target or sorry the similar um perspective target at 600 300 whatever meters so you can get a bit of barricade practice and get a feel for what it's going to be like shooting off a barricade i don't think i'd be too uh, dissimilar to what you do i think i'd do the same thing about a about 100 meters zero just a few shots on that check i might run over the magneto maybe just to sort of have a bit of a feel of the location obviously i'd update uh update um or i run ab update that with the uh, environmentals yeah yep. make sure uh, make sure it's all sort of playing the game um and then and, and it's worth to note too guys um that if you don't have um you know a good weather device we definitely can provide you with a kestrel um to get a good, good correct density altitude for your um, ballistic solver yeah, well, there'll be Kestrels about to be able to give that information out. Absolutely. Yeah, it shouldn't be a problem. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and then I'd, I'd probably spend the time – I personally, I'd probably dry fire uh, as, as many barricades as I get, get my hands on. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, th- that would probably be a very similar way to do it, and I'd probably limit myself to a certain time frame and uh, and then sit back and relax the rest of the time. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Or um, head into Mildura because I've already I've ID'd some of the pubs that are close by. <laughs> so, but anyway, that's uh, just yeah the, the way we do things. Um, yep, so that's right. yeah, but um, oh, that's probably something to clarify. So if if I get there and I'm I'm there at twelve o'clock, I register and I, I have my hour of practice that I'm happy with. Mm-hmm. I can go off to my own free will and do whatever I, I wish to until seven thirty the next morning. Is that right? Absolutely, yeah. As long as you've signed in, you've registered, because as we discussed, that's the very first thing you do regardless of what day you come in, yep. register. Um, yeah, once you've had your practice and you're satisfied, um, you're welcome, yeah. Yep, kick, uh, kick you... around and chat to everyone or head off Absolutely. and do whatever else. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Do some sightseeing along the Murray. Yep, <laughs> yeah. Probably not, probably not. No, probably sweet. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so maybe some, yeah, maybe good, as you say. I think that you first, you know, comment of going to the pub. I think that's probably a good idea. <laughs> couple of relaxing beverages yeah just chill out chill out excellent mate now um in terms of i know you'd be getting a stack of questions and and myself as well um about equipment and selections and stuff we don't want to delve too much we've covered plenty of that on podcasts and there will be still another couple of podcasts between now and then that will go into some of that stuff but hit us with some of the top questions that you've been getting or some of the the maybe the expectations that people have that perhaps we want to clarify um can you think of a few things that would fit into that category yeah look i mean i guess the biggest thing um i'm finding is guys are really um getting concerned with what caliber now that they they should use i've had some questions of guys that 
asking me, should I go and buy a Creedmoor in, you know, this gun or, you know, now, if especially, and this is mainly coming from the guys in the production class, um, if you have a rifle that's already, if you already have a 308 or a 243 or something like, you know, along those lines, just use that gun. Honestly, we, we definitely would recommend um, just to use what you have um, that will get you into that production class. Um, now, if you are looking to buy another gun um, or you haven't already got a gun, um, for this 600-metre match, I don't think there's going to be a great benefit in having a 6.5 Creedmoor over, you know, over a 2.43 or a 308, okay? If the match – now, that doesn't mean that we're not going to have longer matches in the future, Um but, yeah, I, I wouldn't be caught up too much in the details, especially in those production classes. Just get it right. If you don't already have one, um, pick the best rifle that's going to suit you uh, in the future as well. Um, now, the reason why I say that is um, we've had this discussion with a few people um, over the Ruger Precisions. Now, while I completely agree they're a great rifle for, for precision rifle shooting, they aren't, uh, they aren't legal in every state. Um, so that's probably not what I would class as a very versatile rifle um, for the overall competition, especially if you want to compete in multiple states. Um, I would probably look to something that is legal in every state. Uh, as I said, we've, we've gone through that before. The Tickers make a great rifle. Um, there's even Savages have got a, uh, a cheaper, I believe the Savage 10, I, I can't quite remember the Stealth? name of the model. No, well, no. the stealth the stealth model ten is the is the equivalent to the Ruger Precision. Um, it is a you know it's in its own chassis, but there is also a twelve hundred dollar model, um, okay. yep. which is called the ten FCP, I believe. Um, don't quote me on it, but there is a there is a cheaper version of it, um, okay. and it's on, yep. and it's it, it's in its own sort of composite stock. Yeah, right. Uh, but you know, I, I mean, our one of our major sponsors, Lithgow. Um, you know, they offer the 102. That's a great rifle for production guys. Um, so, you know, get behind that. But just don't overthink it, okay? Yeah. It's it's a 600-meter match. Um, so caliber choice is not going to be as critical here. I understand that later on there'll be, um, you, know, m- you know, longer distances. But I would be more concerned with something that's versatile. Uh, in that sense, it can be used in all different states. Yeah, and, and I think um, one of the things that, that often uh, perhaps suggest back to people is just uh, what, use what you've got. Because yeah, absolutely. The thing is that, and, and we found that with the, the first of the Impact Dynamics matches, the, the big one we ran here, to the second one, is the first one a lot of guys sort of just went out and went, oh, this is what I'm going to get or this or this or this. And they spent a reasonable amount of money getting set up only to find out that perhaps afterwards – what didn't really suit them. It might be, you know, yep. sort of well regarded by others, but it didn't suit their style or the way they did things. And so a few of the guys actually sort of went, oh, well, I'm just going to run and I'm going to shoot it with whatever I've got, which may, may be not ideal. But after that, they took the lessons learned and you'll learn a lot of lessons, no doubt, um, at a comp like this. Um, and then they, they tweak their gear based on experience rather than sort of guessing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's it's a lot to be said, and there was a little um, a little image that the uh, uh, Marcus Blanchard put up from the uh, Practical Shooters Guide book he's written, and it's got mm-hmm. a little triangle. I don't know if you saw this one, Greg. Um, and right at the top of the triangle, in the top little corner, it's got a BC cartridge bullet choice, and then yep. like a big slab in the middle is dry fire practice, and yep. at the bottom of the triangle, you know, a huge amount of it was fundamentals. 
and uh, I, you know, I did share it out on Impact Dynamics. I thought it was a very appropriate um, thing to share because a lot of people get caught up in that top corner and top sort of triangle. It is important, but it, it, you know, you'll find someone who's very good at sh- their shooting and um, has done lots of dry fire practice can make a 308 or something that doesn't technically read really well um, make it perform exceptionally well. Absolutely, yeah. Now that's uh, yeah, that's a definite given. Spend a little bit more time on the things that matter. Um, it's it, yeah, I haven't seen that triangle, but that's it's the old ninety ten rule. Yeah. Um, the first the the first ninety percent can take ten you know ten percent of the time, and the last ten percent can take ninety percent of the time. Yeah. So you can spend a lot of your time, um, you know, in the in the early stages, just getting those fundamentals down pat, um, yeah. and then you know later on, later on, you know, you can look down and worry about cartridge choice and refining all that so yeah i agree with that yeah absolutely mate it all uh, it'll uh, all come and this is uh, the first uh, the first shoot of hopefully quite a few um yeah. so there's time and that's the thing is is guys and we obviously it's full so you know the recommendation for this but perhaps for the next one is if you're thinking about it just shoot it because you're only going to get better um that's right. go along to it and you'll learn a stack of stuff and uh if you've got the opportunity um certainly um certainly jump onto uh to this type of thing and, and come and spectate if you can absolutely yeah see what it's all about now uh, you've done an excellent video uh, covering uh, equipment um and i actually watched your video as i was packing my uh, gun bag to sort of see how we compared and mm-hmm. um bar a couple of little bits and pieces uh, we pretty much had the same sort of pack um so i think people would certainly w- well and truly recommended to watch that video um yep. but one thing i'll ask you is what some of the like your highly highly suggested bits and pieces to bring along aside from gun scope and ammo um give us uh, i don't want to give you too many options give us your top three or four things that should be in that kit if they're, if they're really, like let's say they're, they're just starting out this type of stuff, they haven't got anything yet, what would be the four things that perhaps would be really beneficial to you to get? Um, well, I mean, look, personally, I think bags, um, but that's a bit of a loaded question um, <laughs> because, I mean, my top recommendation would be to get some bags, but the, the caveat to that is you have to, you probably have to get a couple of bags to find which ones you like. Because the worst thing, as I mentioned in the video, is buying a bag or a few bags or even too many bags and not having enough time practicing with them. Um, yeah, I think that's the, the point, isn't it? Is you can you yeah. can run um, uh, you can run several several bags, but don't buy a bag and rock up to the event never having touched it yet. Yeah, yeah. Because it I won't mean, it won't help you. Absolutely, and look, a lot of guys obviously think about rear bags now believe it or not and i'm sure i mean i do have my preferences with rear bags but i'll be honest i've used i've used my t-shirt as a rear bag before when when i accidentally left my rear bag um behind i find when you get a little bit more um when you get a little bit more advanced you'll find that you know the bags that matter the most are your positional style bags they're the ones that change the game a little bit for you um, but you'll never know until you actually get to use them. So, um, yeah, I, I do recommend to, to guys to, to go and buy a few different bags, see which ones you like. And then if the ones that you don't like, just throw them up on, um, you know, on any of the gun sites. I mean, you could you could jump on Facebook and, and probably get rid of them pretty quickly um, because, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure when it comes to bags. Um, no two people are the same. But, I, I, yeah, I will say that positional bags – 
um, they're going to be a game changer for you. And that's no pun. Oh, I, um, I get it, mate. I get it. Yeah, well done. Yeah, well done. Dropping like hits there. Yeah, nice. dropping hits. But no, honestly, um, that's probably my number one um, is buy a bunch of bags, try them out, use them. And, and the thing is, you don't actually have to go to the range to see if you like them. I mean, if you've got a railing at home, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I probably should be careful not to get people to aim guns at their neighbours. Um, but if you are if you do have a place that's safe where you can sort of set up your gun um, in a barricade, quote unquote, situation, um, you could practice with your bags just in dry fire. Yeah. Okay. So you can get a bit of a feel for it. That. So I, I would 100% recommend that guys buy a few bags, see what they like. And if you're not sure, talk to more experienced guys and we'll tell you what we're using. Um, you know, and there's, there's, a, there's a plethora of different bags out there that will suit, um, but there's only a few that will probably work for you. Um, but, yeah, so that's number one. Uh, position, that was a long way of answering that. But, um, I apologize. <laughs> so so let's, let's summarize it. Um, yeah. Bags as long as you know how to use them. Correct. Cool. Number two would be a toolkit. Um, toolkit that's very specific to you know it can be you know, quite a general you know you bits and pieces of general but if you need specific bits to your scope or whatnot make sure they're in there yeah you they'd be surprised at how many times you go you'll be shooting and then you'll you'll pick your gun up and you'll feel a rattle and you'll go oh oh no and you'll realize the scope you make sure that make sure that you have a toolkit that you can keep your gun serviced uh, that would be number two um He's must have number three. Um, I would say my number three would probably be your your, your wind reading and your uh, environmental measurement. So that's I, I personally believe that that's pretty important. But you can also get that data from someone else um, that's in your squad. So I think that's a fair point. Is is um, for me the the environmental if we're talking about someone who's sort of really new to this yeah. there'll be plenty yeah. of that info around um right. it's a wonderful thing to have a good kestrel or, or yes. um whatever sort of program you want to use yes but it's uh that that there will be plenty of it don't don't think don't freak out if you haven't got one um because right. yeah. there will be that information around you you could probably just yell out da and someone will yell a number at you and <laughs> and you'll you know hopefully know what to do with it so like marco polo yeah DA. pretty much <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think pretty much. So you, um, you, uh, you probably just want to clarify whether it's feet or meters. But apart from that, um, yeah, yeah. yeah yep. you. Uh, I think that's going to be pretty well covered. If, if we, I mean, if we're turning it back to someone who's just getting started, trying to keep it fairly basic for them. That's it. Um, so look, yeah, that's why I did sort of hesitate on that. Yep. Um, I do like to have weather in my kit, but it's as I said, it is not necessary. Um, you will get that information. But food and water. I mean, I mean, I love food. Um, anyone that knows me knows that I like to eat a bit of food. So, you know, I'll I'll cop that weight penalty of having extra snacks in my bag. Yeah. So, yeah. Keep the energy up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're going to be shooting all day, um, so you want to make sure that you know you're you know well hydrated and well fed because you'll perform better. Excellent. And what um, does that bring us to number one? Yeah, one, two, three. three. So that what about number four? four? We got oh, one we, more. You told me top three. I said uh, three to well, it, it's it's not in the no, top no. three, but it could be the top four. I don't know. Um, yeah, on on top of that, I mean, most of the. Most of the, I don't really have another piece of go-to kit um, okay. on top of it. Yeah, yeah I we mean, don't the have rest to. Of it, the rest of it's personal. Yep. So, you know, apart from your gun, 
uh, apart from your gun and um, your ammunition and things like that, the rest of it's personal. Uh, but I, as I said, bags are obviously at the top, but the rest of it, you know, can be customized to you. So, yeah, sorry, mate. I, I, I wish I had a better answer for no, you. No, no, that's I mean, that's fine, mate. And, and it's good to keep it simple. I'm, I'm actually, I've got your video in front of me, uh, and I'm yeah. just having a look at what is in your pack. Uh, and there's there's lots of bags. <laughs> so, so, is, you, you, um, so I see what you're saying. Um, yeah. And I think, uh, look, I'm, I'm going to be pretty similar. I, I keep a... Um, and not anything fancy. My toolkit's a little bit uh, dumber down than yours, but it will um, it will have the bits for my guns and pretty much nothing else. Um, uh, yep. The bag is is very important. I um, actually really like to have a sling with my my gun. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that falls in the same category as bag. Is if you don't know how to use it, um, it can sort of trip you up a little bit. That's um, why I hesitated to say it. Yeah, um, no, which, which, yeah, I think it falls in the same category as a, a bag. But if you got the time to practice with it, then great. Um, yeah. The other one would be a bipod. I think we're going to oh, throw in there. Yeah, I, f- I figured that. You was figured a- that was on the rifle. Yeah, I figured that was yeah, just part of your rifle system. Fair so. call, fair call. Yeah, um, yeah. If yeah, just for clarity, if if you haven't got it there, that's fine. If you want to include that in your backpack, uh, bipod. Uh, but if it's on your gun, then it's on your gun, no Perfect. problem at all. Um, yep. And yeah, so guys, watch that video. Um, I think it's probably worthwhile having a little look at uh, Greg, uh, what he's running in his bag. It might. Be, I wonder if it's worthwhile getting uh, someone else to do theirs as well. Just to be interesting to see a different breakout. One thing I have in mind, um, probably one of the other things we didn't say is, is um, uh, data. So as in terms of having your data in some format um, being on your phone, but we're going to assume people have their phone with them. So um, one of the things I do keep in my backpack is the battery banks. Because, mm-hmm. as you said, there's no real power at this uh, particular event, and so right. therefore, I want to keep that thing topped up. If I, I don't want to, if I run out and I haven't got you know manual copies of that thing, uh, I I'm going to be guessing. Um, so yeah, I want to make sure I've got good ma- good amounts of power. Yep, yep. That's a fa- that's a fair that's a fair thing to have too. Um, yeah, definitely have a battery backup system. Yeah, that would be good. So uh, cool, mate. I think that's probably about. All we need to cover. I think that's yeah. probably touched on most of the questions we saw and the other ones that have come through in, in time. Um, I guess, guys, if you have got questions, um, you're welcome to hit up the podcast. You're welcome to hit up um, Precision Rifle Series uh, AUS uh, on Facebook. Um, and, yeah, looking forward to a really good event. Yeah. Yeah, no, look, we're, we're really looking forward to um, popping it on and hope we can, you know, really run a good event for the first one and get everyone excited and continue to run good events. Yeah. Is there, is there any plans worth talking about yet or is it going to be sort of brought up at the uh, at the actual event? Look, I think, um, yeah, we'll have confirmations um, when we, um, you know, sort of probably a little bit closer to the event, if not just after. Um, but, look, we're, let's just say we're definitely having at least uh, a couple more events this year. Cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, there'll be Excellent. opportunities, and then next next year, obviously, will be the full series, and that's where we really want to encourage guys. Now, this year is going to be like a practice for everyone. Get the feel for it. This is why it's good to just get out there and have a go, because this year it it, it doesn't count towards anything. Um, it's just more experience for you, and then you know that'll give you the upper hand on the guys that didn't um, have have a go uh, this year, and you know when you're looking to compete in the series next year. And, and by upper hand, you you mean it puts you in a position to be able to help them out more on the stages, yeah? 
Yeah, that's exactly right. You can, you can be the pro. <laughs> yeah, nice, mate. And and look, probably one of the other questions that I've seen regularly asked um, is, will there be, like, how do I do this in my area? Is there comps in my area? Uh, is there a club in, in you know, in where I live or whatever it is? Um, and, you know, I guess between you and I can address that, that obviously as – as we're alluding to next year, we're hoping to, to have more more comps around the country. Yep. Um, if uh, if you're in a particular area and you've got access to a you know location that's appropriate, um, certainly get in touch. What we hope to see is uh, is a support of this style of shooting at a club level in in due course. Um, and have yeah. uh, the more shooters that are involved, the the more demand there will be at the local level for guys to run a, a, mu- a match every month, which would be awesome to see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And look, I mean, it, it, it almost seems kind of backwards in the sense um, <laughs> yeah. that we that we're having saying? a national yeah. yeah that we're having a national event first and then building towards a club series. Um, but as as um, you know, some people that you know are familiar with the legalities of it, it's it actually is actually simpler this way. Um, yeah, we sort of build up a bit of a following, get everyone excited about it, and then we could sort of branch out and have, you know, possibly, as you say, have club series in different states. Um, but look, at the end of the day, we just want to promote a good, safe um, sport. Um, you know, we're all, as you know, when I say we, uh, you know, everyone who's involved with running these events um, and, you know, people that are shooting, everyone just wants to have a good time um, and wants to shoot this new dynamic style of shooting. Um, so, you know, whatever we can do to promote the sport positively is what we'll try and do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Excellent. All right, mate. Well, thanks very much for your time. Hopefully that answered a stack of questions for people. Um, no doubt there will be more questions though. And so, so send them in and, uh, we'll be able to uh, sort of tackle them as we go. Um, we will be doing a podcast, uh, between now and got a couple of podcasts now um one uh with paul reed from the states who'll be going through a bit of a uh, you know what to expect and how his story of going from uh well growing up in an outback country town to uh, being top 10 in the uh, prs over in the states and how he got to that point so that's gonna be very interesting to have, to hear from him and uh we've also got uh, another guest on our next podcast um who will has shot some of these comps before and uh, and will you know, continue to share some advice and ideas from there and then no doubt greg we're probably going to do something uh after the shoot up there i, I dare say if we're awake well, enough I, I think you're um i think you're also missing the one at shot show in melbourne mate i think we're going to do a wrap up at shot show aren't we? oh yeah yeah I, I was sorry i was talking about the specific prs type uh uh podcast cool. that we had on the cards but yeah there's more gotcha. there's more yeah and, cool yeah, yeah. yeah gotcha so there'll be well, that- there'll be plenty that one with Paul Reed will be a cracker. Yeah. Um, he he's a wealth of knowledge. Uh, the boy from Kudamundra. Um, so yeah, he's he's definitely that's definitely one to listen to. He's got some great ideas, um, and he really likes to keep it simple. Um, oh, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. But but you know gets the results. So you know he can't be argued um, about his results, and you know but he doesn't overthink things. So it's really good. That'll be good for the. Good for the guys to listen to. Yeah, absolutely. So, guys, thank you very much for your time listening. Greg, thanks for your time uh, coming on, having this uh, chat in this special episode where we're covering off something very specific. And hopefully it's been useful. And we got we will see all of you guys in Mildura. Perfect. Thanks, Excellent. Rusty. Easy, guys. Cheers. Cheers.